Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. Hi, and welcome back to another podcast with Kreiser Cardani here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Jackie. I'm Scott. And here we are doing What to Do When. Jackie, what's on the docket for today? Uh, What to do when you're faced with parental kidnapping. Parental kidnapping. Can you actually kidnap your own kid? I think in some circumstances you can, but I would argue that that phrase is misunderstood and overused and uh, not prosecuted on a large scale. So the question becomes, how does this even come about? I mean, is this when your husband takes your kids for the weekend and takes them to grandma's without your permission? Is that kidnapping? Well, that's what our clients seem to think, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah. that we've, we know, oh, well, can, can they've just moved to California. Can they do that? Is there an order telling them that they can't? Is there an order in place talking about, you know, custody and visitation between you and, and that other parent? Well, those are questions you got to answer first. But if there's no order in place and you wake up and, you know, mom's gone or dad's gone and, and left a nice little handwritten note, I'm gone. I've, I've taken the children. We're moving to fill in the blank, Minnesota, California. Uh, now, for purposes of today, we were focusing on the United States. There are... Also, international laws that that go with this sort of topic of parental kidnapping, which is not really what it sounds like. But for purposes of today, we're talking about inside the United States. Yeah, and, and what it happens if you do have an order or something in place, then it could be kidnapping. And then if it, the, the other party stays in Virginia, it's kind of considered a misdemeanor. And if it goes outside of the state, it can be a class six felony. But Really, what we want you to understand today more than anything is what this means. And we throw around this t- this term kidnapping, but the question becomes, can you really kidnap your own kid? And the answer is maybe. And that maybe is really, like we said, focused on the order um, and focused on, obviously, if you secret your kid away from the other parent in a way that you're hiding them. I think they can use the 18.247 against you and figure that out without an order in place. But it's technically not prosecuted unless there's some kind of order in place between the parties. Well, but even then, the the code section that talks about abduction and kidnapping in Virginia generally has a subsection that specifically says if it's a parent versus a parent, the first step is contempt of court. Right. The first thing when you're calling us and saying they've, they've taken the child, what do I do? Our first response is not usually going to be call the police. They're going to they're going to tell you, is there an order in place? Yes, there is. And they're going to say this is a civil matter. But if there's not an order in place, is it kidnapping? And we just said no. So it it is kidnap parental kidnapping. Is that even a proper term really when it comes to any of this? And I would argue it's it's really not. Yeah, it's really not kidnapping, like in the sense of the word. Kidnapping is usually by somebody else other than the parent. So you're right. We're technically not. The word is misused and overused and overran, and it really causes a lot of problems. But 
What we're do we are saying though is if you secret your kids away from the other parent, there's consequences, but those consequences are going to come through the civil court. So what happens a lot of time in our practice is one parent may take off to Pennsylvania, for instance, with the kids. Like Jackie said, letter in the middle of the night, they wake up, the other parent wakes up and says, my kids are gone. Well, that gets into a little bit of federal law, and I don't want to prolong this with law, but there's the, it's called the PKPA, it's the Parental Kidnapping Prevention Act. But basically, it sounds like, again, parental kidnapping, it really doesn't deal with that. What it really deals with is who the home state is, what state controls the custody petition. So what we would mm-hmm. suggest if somebody does that to you um, and you're the victim of that, the first thing you do is file an emergency, emergency petition in the court, which we can help you do. Once that's before the court, if the other party's in Pennsylvania and maybe say they run to the courthouse and try to get custody up there, what would happen is the, the judges would actually determine which home state. And that usually goes by the residency, the six months residency requirement. Some states are a little less, but the bottom line is wherever the kid's been living the longest in that short period of time is where usually what court's going to get jurisdiction. And that means if you're the parent who took off to Pennsylvania, you may be coming back to Virginia to try the case. And then when that happens, what normally happens is that judge will put an order in place to for you to return that child. And then if you keep that child in Pennsylvania, then we got some problems. Well, and I've I've actually dealt with this very early in my practice. We had an order from here in Virginia um, for a grandmother to have custody, and the mother picked up the children for visitation and then left the state. And mom knew where she was going, and she was clearly in violation of the order. And I called the the local sheriff and the, the district attorney or prosecuting attorney for that jurisdiction and talked to them both, and they jumped right on the order they said send us a copy of the order that you have in place we know that address it's in this locality and we will go and they took a social services representative the sheriff the i mean they took as many people as they needed to and they absolutely retrieved those children and returned them to my client on that on that particular day in fact yeah and and that's what happens the problem is when you don't know where they're going and that That becomes a a really big problem and you see the amber alerts and things and that's why it's really important you know, it seems like, well, it's just the dad taking his kids. Well, there's probably an order in place where he's not supposed to be taking the kids and right. um, something like that. And we run into a lot of that. We've had a lot of that over our careers. I used to handle this all the time when I first started. Um, there were so many of these cases that would pop up. I remember being in a court in, um, I won't say, a small, very small jurisdiction. And the judge, I brought up the, um, the Parental Kidnapping Prevention Act. And he goes, what's that? And I'm like, it's federal law that determines. And he goes, you mean those books up there? He's, I don't look at those books, <laughs> basically. And I was like, oh, we got a problem. But I say that all, but, you know, eventually he did the right thing. And he, you know, it's kind of common sense. You don't get to go to Pennsylvania, file an emergency protective order or, or emergency custody order and say, oh, I need my kids because something's happened in Virginia. The problem is all the evidence is in Virginia. If you have a case like that and say you are, your kids are in danger and dad is abusing or mom, it's usually mom, right? Moms usually abuse more than dads. You'd think, but it's really, it's pretty split, isn't it? It really is. I mean, <laughs> really is. the surprising aspects of what we hear and I think the media glorifies it when the man does it yeah, and do sort too. of pushes the narrative that, oh, the dads are the abusive ones. But I'll tell you, in practice, I don't find that to be the case. Yeah, I, I find it to be pretty evenly 
split out. And um, but the bottom line is, say you're a parent and you have very concerns or even valid, you have pictures and all kinds of things. You got to move. And whether you do it by yourself, which is quite frankly a large process to go down, because normally to file any petition in the court, you got to get a hold of court service unit. Court service unit is going to maybe schedule you an appointment. They, and I'm not saying they mm-hmm. can't do emergencies, but it's a harder thing to do an emergency. And then say they can't see you till Thursday. Well, dad's across six state lines by Thursday. Or a week from Thursday. Or, yeah. Some so, of them. you know, those are things that when you have that situation, you need to, as we say, marshal your resources, get an attorney quickly and get something filed because the judge has to move pretty quickly. And if they can move pretty quickly and put an order in place, then they can put out APBs, the Amber Alerts, all those things to try right. to find your children unless you know where they're going. But this thing, it's amazing to me how many people, I'll say this about it too, and I have to say this comes from women more often than men, but you always hear the phrase, they're my children, I can do what I want with them. And I, and I get the maternal instinct there, but mm-hmm. the, the truth is the court doesn't see it that way, and dad has as much of that right as you do. Right. And I don't know if that's, you know, some of the abortion law that confuses people in that because out, as we both know, when, as you are, when the baby's being gestated, oh, I did that right, um, for the nine months, I don't have a say. Right. But as soon as that baby's born, then my say becomes equal in that moment. Um, Whether you're married or not. not married. To that person, to the father. I mean, maybe you're married, but not to the father. That happens also. Well, I think it's important to understand that the Parental Kidnapping Prevention Act is not about kidnapping. It is about jurisdiction of, of which court, like Scott was saying, which court really has jurisdiction over the child or children. And that's the federal part of it. Now, Virginia has adopted that under the UCCJEA Uniform Child Custody oh, Jurisdiction job. Enforcement Act um, and and doesn't have the word kidnapping in it. It's a little less confusing <laughs> when you just talk about child custody jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. But what happens when, uh, the, you know, the, the mom or dad is left and, and the, the remaining parent in Virginia, well, they just kind of drag their feet. Well, I thought they were coming back and I didn't really pursue it. I'll tell you, if you wait... Beyond the six months, you are in you, the, the this state, your home state is going to lose jurisdiction. And I don't mean six months from a filing date of paperwork. If you file in five months and 15 days and you don't have a hearing until after the six month mark, you're done. So <laughs> or you're at least potentially done. You, you've put yourself at tremendous risk. And I would even argue waiting a month and you're putting yourself at tremendous risk because what does the court do? They're going to come back and say, well, you were okay with them staying there for a month or two months or six weeks. What's changed? So Did you, you get might angry, up, right? Well, it, well, to Scott's point, you might end up with jurisdiction in Virginia, but you may not win the argument that custody should come back from the parent who took who took the children. And I think this is really important, and maybe for another podcast. But I think you have to realize too, when you move, it's not about your best interest. The fact that you got a better job and you're making. $700,000 now and you used to be making $50,000, like the, you know, the career change of a lifetime. Right. But they still have to go back and look at why is this move in the child's best interest? What is the benefit of the child mm-hmm. to that move? And, you know, some people bring up, you know, I can put my kid in private school now and well, you're fighting against a judge who represents the county and what's wrong with my county school? 
Right. You know, and all those things happen. So what we think as parents are phenomenal. I can actually pay for college and I can do things I never did before. That's great. But you have to put that in a pretty cogent argument to show why that's all benefiting the child and why your move is in their best interest. And, you know, we've won those. Both of us have won those arguments. They're very tough arguments to win, but we've yeah. won them. Um, and we've also lost them because it's a high, high hurdle, high burden to prove that your move to another state where the other parent and what happens is the reason this all gets parenting, kidnapping, and everything is the other parent loses contact. I mean, today's, uh, you know, we have iPhones and all those things. We can do things, but still mm-hmm. physical contact, being able in the same space with your child is really important. I think in all kinds of psychological reasons for that, but um, we can see how remote learning worked, you know, but sorry. <laughs> I mean, my point is you've got to be there. You've got, there's something about physical connection in the same space. And so I think judges here in Virginia, especially are very attuned to that and they don't just go, Oh, well, you get to, you'll get to video chat them once a week. You'll be fine. Right. You know, so we got to remember that. So just because you want to move is what we're trying to get at. Doesn't mean you can move and doesn't mean the court will grant it. But in the, all, the opposite is true too. You may want to move and you may get to move, but the right way to do it makes all the difference in the world. Well, it does. And, and there are exceptions, right? These are the general rules that we're talking about. And so what happens if it's an emergency situation and maybe the children are in danger of the other parent or that parent's in danger, whatever the circumstances is. And I'm not going to say men or women are more in danger. Just one parent's in danger. The children are in danger. And you've got the parent who has the children and they leave. I have seen, and there there are provisions in the code that allow a, a foreign jurisdiction, foreign being not Virginia, so still in the United States, they allowed that court to take temporary and emergency jurisdiction to um, maybe enter a protective order to help protect the family members from this crazed yeah. other parent. But that court still is required, just like Scott said, they're required that judge from the outside of Virginia court and the Virginia judge are required to have a meeting by phone or however they want to have a meeting, I guess, and discuss which court really ought to have jurisdiction. And if you can establish that that the children or child was in Virginia for the six months prior to that parent leaving with the children, it's it's pretty much going to come back, although there may be a temporary order entered in a, in a foreign jurisdiction. So, Well, and the other thing I, I think is important what you when you said that really made me think about this. If you're going to claim abuse, make sure there's abuse. Well, for and sure. we have so many clients over the years who claimed it, and it it turns out not to be, and it was fabricated or somewhat embellished or something. And then when you come to court and you have that egg on your face, it is not. It's almost an impossible hill to climb at that point to try to restore your good name. I mean, I've had people use social services. Well, my, you know, yes. and the big one we see all the time is is abuse and we'll do that another hearing but you know some kind of usually it's a sexual abuse thing and oops and then there's no proof no evidence and somebody kind of backs off and i i just don't see the courts really taking pleasure in that and i think that always hurts you when you go too far so well and so what happens when the child hasn't been anywhere for six months either because the child is one or two or three or four or five months old Right. There's no jurisdiction there necessarily under the federal or the state provisions. It's six months. Or if maybe that parent has moved around a handful of times, they, they didn't stay any one place for very long. How do you how well then then who should have jurisdiction? 
Yeah, again, it's that tricky wicket that's going to be a judge determination. And the best thing you can do at that point is just file in a jurisdiction and let the courts determine that because that that does get really cloudy really fast. But It does, and, it, and it's addressed a little bit, maybe a lot in the code too, but it talks about substantial connection. So when Scott yeah. says you got to take it to the judge, because substantial connection could mean a lot of different <laughs> things, and different attorneys are going to make that argument differently. But um, you may be where the witnesses are, are most likely to come from. You know, that, that may be a substantial connection. There may be others that, that, that need to be considered. But your best course of action, if you're thinking about leaving, call an attorney. If you think your spouse is going to leave, call an attorney, whatever the case may be. And remember that parental kidnapping is really a term of art that does not mean, in fact, kidnapping. It just doesn't. Yeah, and I think that's really important because what we sometimes do is we ramp up the conversation when, we, when and people start to hear kidnapping, and I hear it all the time, well, I didn't kidnap anybody, they're my kids. You're right. But just remember, there are ways to kidnap your own kids. There are laws against you violating a court order to the extent where it becomes kidnapping. But exactly. for the general rule and for the general public, most people don't understand what they mean when they say that. And that's usually an angry parent going like, you've kidnapped my kids because they've been denied access. And being denied access doesn't necessarily mean kidnapping. But when you deny another parent access, you better have a dang good reason because it will come back to haunt you. And this whole thing of my child, remember, two of you made the child. And once that child's there, you both are equal until a judge yes. makes a ruling. So, Jackie, what are we winding up with today? Well, let's start with parental kidnapping doesn't actually mean parental kidnapping from the federal standpoint in the Parental Kidnapping Prevention Act or the UCCJEA, the Virginia version of that or adoption of that of that language. It doesn't mean kidnapping from the, you know, I went to Scott's house and then, you know, under the cover of darkness, I took one of his children and ran away. That That's kidnapping. Yeah. They're not one of my children. Uh, but if I've taken my own children across state lines and we're, you know, maybe we're on an RV tour and I just happen to not tell the children's father, well, that's not necessarily parental kidnapping. Uh, and so to that end, be careful how you use the term parental kidnapping. It doesn't mean exactly what it sounds like it means. Yep. So the uh, second thing there. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, your first avenue, if. <laughs> whether whether you, there's an order in place or there's not an order in place, your first step is to call an attorney, okay? And if there's an order in place, then it's not parental kidnapping. The first step is contempt of court. And then the, the, the long-arm jurisdiction and the far reach of the, of the Virginia court, assuming there's already jurisdiction here and a court order has already been entered here, um, and, and that's where you start. You, you seek assistance from that judge and that court to try and enforce the order from that court. And then finally, you know, the bottom line is what we're really trying to say here. And what's most important is these are very complex and tough issues for families to deal with, especially with one parent's denying access or literally kidnapping. Um, you need help to navigate this water. We're here to help you. There's very many other family law attorneys who are out there who are very competent and able to help you. But you need to get the help immediately. Do not sit on these issues. Do not wait. The longer you sit and the longer you wait contemplating, your position diminishes as you wait. So Absolutely. Move in, quickly. In all aspects. So, awesome day today. Thank you for listening to What to Do When, a podcast here of, at Kreiser Cardani in Richmond, Virginia. We look forward to seeing you again in, uh, in our future episodes. Like and share. Thanks. Thanks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What to Do When. 
For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani.